You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Low back pain has reached epidemic proportions in the United States today. What can we do to stem the tide? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Marty Lanoff, a private practitioner in the Chicago suburbs. He's board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation and pain medicine. He's assistant clinical professor at the Chicago Medical School and chairman of the Public and Professional Awareness Committee for the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehab. Welcome to the show, Marty. Nice to be here. Marty, please tell our listeners what a physiatrist is to start. We are specialists, medical physicians, rehab physicians specializing in the nerve, muscle, bone, and brain realm, treating injury or illness non-surgically to decrease pain and improve function. Okay, so how do you differ from a neurologist? Musculoskeletal system is really part of our expertise. You have to know how to differentiate hip, knee versus back pain, radiating pain. You have to understand the neurological aspect of things, but also the pain perspective from a, say, overlapping with anesthesia base. We overlap with the orthopedist in terms of the musculoskeletal aspect. But our biggest difference is decreasing disability, improving function. We'd like to help pain along the way, but part of that is improving function, big emphasis on improving function. So it sounds like you actually did not sleep through your anatomy and physiology courses. Not really allowed to do that. Marty, somebody comes into my office with garden variety, low back pain, pain shooting down their leg. They've had it for three weeks. I prescribe some physical therapy, maybe a non-steroidal, maybe a muscle relaxer. They don't get better. What's next? What do I do? Call you? Well, of course. Send them over to your local physiatrist. The other option is I do not order physical therapy for lumbar radiculopathy. Lumbar radiculopathy often is worsened by physical therapy, and there really are no appropriately done studies to show that physical therapy will help in acute radiculopathy. Let's define radiculopathy. One must know the problem of the patient to treat it, so you have to start with the diagnosis. Not all radiating leg pain and or numbness tingling in a leg has to come from a pinched nerve up in the back from the most common cause, which is a herniated disc especially in, in different age groups. As one ages, spinal stenosis may not be a disc protrusion, but can cause compression of a nerve. Are you going to bring up that infamous diagnosis, piriformis? I may. I may. Piriformis syndrome, sure. It's a pseudoneurologic phenomena. For instance, doing an EMG is not always necessary in a patient with radiating leg symptoms. You'll find that, that I do EMGs in my practice. My need to do an electromyographic evaluation, which is a nerve study uh, in the limb, my need to perform an EMG NCV study on patients with radiculopathy that I probably see maybe 30 a week, maybe one or two will I have to do an EMG upon for that. What are the red flags that make you want to do an EMG? Equivocal diagnoses, really. If you have a classic presentation of a patient who has radiating leg pain in a dermatomal or nerve radicular distribution, associated weakness or sensory loss, they're missing a reflex in the correctly correlated distribution, they may have atrophy for circulations in the correct muscles, they have dural stretch or nerve root tension signs. For the lower lumbar nerves, L5 and S1, that would be a straight leg raise test. One has to remember, by the way, Straight leg raise test must reproduce pain down the leg between 30 and 70 degrees. If you get it up to 90 degrees, you're stretching a ham. If you lift it up and it has back pain, that's not a positive straight leg raise. What about lifting the opposite leg? That's called a crossed straight leg raise. 
on the one hand... Is that more sensitive, less sensitive? Say somebody has right leg pain and you raise the left leg and do a straight leg raise, it should be negative. If it is positive on both sides for radiating leg pain, something's unusual. It's a very rare finding. But if you lift the left leg in a person with right-sided symptoms and it reproduces right-sided radicular symptoms, that is a bad prognosis. Those patients have more nerve root compression, more dural irritation, and will have surgery more frequently than just a regular straight leg raise. I want to ask a practical pearl. How do you get your patients to relax their legs before you do the straight leg? What do you say to them so that they don't fight you whatsoever? I've tried everything. Uh, Pretend your legs are jello. Pretend you're paralyzed, although I don't like saying that. What do you say? Strangely enough, I never really have to do that. I, I just don't tell them. I'm going to lift your leg and always start with the non, with the contralateral side, the non-symptomatic side, raise it up. Generally, they're fairly comfortable. Then on the side where it starts to hurt, you'll find people with active radiculopathy. They will resist you. And that's almost enough because it's a subjective response. It's not an objective test, but there's objectivity to the subjective response, meaning if you lift it and ride at about 30, 40 degrees, that starts saying, I can't go any further. I always tell them, look, straighten your knee a little because they want to bend their knee. That that eases up the tension on the nerve root. Say, I'd like to raise it a bit more. If it hurts, I'll stop as soon as you do it. As soon as you have pain, you reassure them that you're not going to cause lots of discomfort. And I have very little problem doing it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. My guest today is Dr. Marty Lanoff, a physiatrist from one of the suburbs of Chicago. And we're talking about how to differentiate low back pain from acute to subchronic to chronic. And how to avoid surgery. So let's do that. Go. In finishing up in the physical exam part, upper lumbar radiculopathy usually doesn't go below the knee, and that's the femoral stretch sign. Lots of physical exam findings that one sees in these patients that tells you it really is a pinched nerve. The majority of patients that I get in the office with buttocks or back pain that radiates down the leg in a non-radicular distribution, the majority of those patients, I don't even have to get an MRI. It usually is physical therapy to loosen up some of the tight hip muscles and get rid of the pseudo-neurologic symptoms that one can see. Those patients do not need MRIs. You can get an MRI and then find the asymptomatic, the quintessential dangerous asymptomatic disc herniation that may send the patient down the road of treatment that's not necessary, and even towards surgery, epidural injections and surgery, often not necessary in patients who have a muscular etiology to their radiating symptoms. I still want to understand how you get these garden variety patients sent to you. Why would they come to you versus their primary care physician? Or are they sent from the primary care physician with the diagnosis of sciatica and you say, buddy, you don't have sciatica. That's not great for business when that happens. So you say it a little nicer than that. You could say, I can understand why the referring physician would call this sciatica. And sciatica is kind of an antiquated term that can be used appropriately when it's a general description of radiating limb pain. Notice I say radiating, not radicular, because radicular means in the distribution of the nerve root. When a patient comes in with that diagnosis, I'll say, you have leg pain, you have numbness, tingling, let's find out why you have it. If indeed there's some compression of it, that's a different ballgame. You know, one of the things one must do is immediately, and most of the internists that I work with will have seen this and I hopefully adopted it, one of the things you have to do in a patient with radicular pain is warn them if you have neurological deficits, you've got to let me know immediately, and that is bowel or bladder incontinence or weakness. In those cases, often progressive neurological deficits, they'll go to the emergency room quickly. In patients who have pain, weakness, radiating symptoms, they're usually a few weeks will go by. Often the primary care physician will have administered oral prednisone, oral cortisone, 
oral steroids. How do you feel about that? You know, the studies are equivocal, but so are studies on most conservative care for radiculopathy. My experience is it's almost not worth the side effects that often come with prednisone. And you have to start a little more than a medrol dose pack. You want to start usually around 60, 60, 40, 40, 20, 20 taper down. Some people it gives good relief, some people it does not. So we're using something that hasn't been proven and we're not using enough of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, in terms of the conservative care for true radiculopathy, there isn't a lot that really works. The biggest thing is weight, time. The best factor is just weight. Marty, tell me when you get scared about low back pain. When does something alarm you besides seeing trouble with bowel or bladder? Let's say if someone, if the pain wakes them up at night, does that scare you? Uh, Yes, certainly. Night pain is always a concern because it means, you know, the majority of low back pain is mechanical or muscular. When it becomes weight-bearing structural, that's an issue. Night pain means there's often a metabolic process that's occurring during non-weight-bearing or non-active times. That's a concern. One wants to at least obtain a plain film uh, to make sure there's no untoward process, any tumor, certainly infection, any destructive process occurring. Night pain, especially in patients over 50, 55, 60, is a concern. The yield of regular plain x-rays, lumbar films, on patients who have low back pain, it's really very low. It's still something we do on occasion. I tend not to get it unless the patient has either some warning signs, some algorithm risk factors like night pain, chronicity, age, if the patient's over 55 or 60. Then one can obtain plain films. Usually, I I don't feel the need to do so. Certainly, as you mentioned, bowel and bladder weakness night pain are are, um, pretty big risk factors, fever, unexplained fever. Who's making up the algorithms that still allows the lumbar sacral films to stay in there? I mean, if if it's really not panning out to show anything. Yeah. You know, there's there's the old saying, to a a barber, you look like you need a haircut. To a carpenter with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. There are a lot of studies done to show that people who own the services tend to utilize those services a bit more. In people who don't own that service, there still is a propensity just to, to CYA to an extent, but this is what I do all day long. I'm pretty aware of the algorithms. And algorithms are recommendations. They're not standard of care. They're not legal issues. On the other hand, I really hardly ever find the need to get films in most of my patients without those risk factors, and even with MRIs. MRIs are so over-ordered, it's, it's ridiculous. Many patients don't have the need, especially axial low back pain. What are you looking for when you do an MRI? Dr. Lanoff, we have two minutes left. I want you to tell me whether or not ice is the answer to all ills or heat or alternating ice and heat or icy hot. Strangely enough, and we're talking about specific... Acute acute low back pain. Right. We're talking about back pain. And the rest of the body, in general, the rule of thumb is ice for the first 48 to 72 hours of an acute injury. After that, ice or heat, whichever you prefer. That's kind of the rule of thumb. Believe it or not, the use of ice, which every athletic trainer, every high school football game and on upwards uses has never really been scientifically evidence-based proven. That's one of those examples that evidence-based doesn't always hack it, although it's as good as we can do. In the low back, it does not matter at all. You're not going to be penetrating very far beneath the skin, the subcutaneous, and the connective tissue. You're not going to be getting down very far, certainly to the muscle or even bone muscle periosteal interface, unless you're going to be doing ultrasound or a deep heating modality. It's not really for treatment. There are claims that it increases blood flow. Heat will increase blood flow, hence, you know, clearing out the toxins. It really is just a symptomatic modality, whichever makes the patient feel better. So when patients ask me for back pain, should I use ice or heat? My answer is yes. (laughs) And then what about rest? 
huge amount of studies that show bed rest about the worst thing you can do for non-operative back pain. For non-operative back pain, the advice once you give the patient is do as much as you can tolerate. The more that you can do, the better you'll be just trying to avoid uh, water skiing and playing racquetball. And then when should I be worried or concerned if my patient does not get better from their acute episode of low back pain? How long should I give it until I become alarmed or concerned? It's certainly radiating symptoms and neurologic deficits are the ringing, flashing red neon signs that say, well, maybe there's something else going on here. For axial low back pain, the subacute pain can last. You know, chronic pain, low back pain is diagnosis pain that's been there for more than six months. If a patient is losing function, needing multiple medications, any non-organic findings, histrionic behavior, certainly you want to look into the psychosocial aspect of the disease if possible. For regular old back pain that's just not going away, you really and you've tried everything conservatively, try and send out to a specialist, I would say probably about four to six weeks, if they're not functionally limited. Functionally limited, maybe even prior to that. Marty Lanoff, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. We've been talking to Marty Lanoff, expert in physical medicine, rehabilitation, and pain medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. For questions or comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. 